Okay, there'll be no shear next Sunday morning. Due to Shavasa Batamas, and unfortunately, unfortunately, not coincidentally for sure, that's the subject we're on the next few weeks here in Malachim and Yemiya. There are two sets you should have in front of you. The first one, which began Pasik Lama Dalid, Yemiya Chavav Lama Dalid, we're on page six of that set. And the two parts of Yemiya that we're trying to figure out his Nevoah in the time of Yehoyakim, which is way before the Chorbim. If you look at your chart again, Yehoyakim was king for 11 years. Then there was Yehoyachin, otherwise known as Yechanya, who was taken into Gullus after three months, and the last king will be for another 11 years, and that's Sitkiyo, we'll go back to soon. Perichav Zayin Pasuk Aleph, on page 6 of that copy. We saw the first Pasuk last week. Bereshis, Mamlachas, Yoyakim ben Yoshio, Melch Yehuda, Hayyadav Azel, Yirmiya, Meis Hashem Lamer. So he's given a Nevoa to act out, if you can, if you will, a, a nevuah, and the nevuah represents the fact that Klai Yisrael and the rest of the world will have to subjugate themselves to Nebuchadnezzar. Nothing here is to be considered a positive statement about the character of Nebuchadnezzar and his godless. The godless over here is spelled out in terms of the power he'll be given, but this is not a compliment. This is just a statement of facts that will be later on. And the direction of not only the Melech Yisrael in terms of what he can and can't, cannot do, but the direction of the rest of the world as well, which is unique. Most of Yirmiya is focused on Klai Yisrael. So, Bereshus Mamlachas Yayakam and Yashiel Melech Yudahayadavazel Yirmiya Meisa Hashem Lemar. Rashi says, Shalosham Lufnei Shamalach Nevuchanetzah Nisnabe Alav Shiimlach. Season of given that Nebuchadnezzar will become king. And not the first time in Yisrael will discuss a melech from the Malchi Masailam most of the time, specifically when their malucha is used as a punishing rod for Klai Yisrael. And therefore the vuh will be given about them and their role. Kayam HaShem Eli HaSelecha Maseira Semaitis and Asatam Al Tzavarecham as we described at the end of the Shia last week, he's not only asked, Yemiyo, is not only asked to make a yoke to put on, do you think he put it on, perhaps when he speaks Barabim, uh, once a day, once in a while, Rashi makes it clear he's putting it on and he's keeping it on. He's going to walk around like that for 15 years, which is physically painful, psychologically painful, and we didn't even get to the abuse and the sakana Yemiyo is going to go through when he faces the people. So this was an extremely challenging and difficult job, which, of course, Yemiya lives up to, and lives up to is an interesting expression, survives, and is going to be here before the Chorban, during the Chorban, and after the Chorban. Pasa Gimel. Shilachtam al-Melech Edom v'al-Melech Malyev v'al-Melech ben Amman v'al-Melech Tzor v'al-Melech Tzidon Biyad Malachim Abam Yushalayim. Send through the Shlichim that are around Yushalayim. We'll discuss in a minute why they're around Yushalayim. 
El Tzitkia Melech Yehuda. Take a look at Rashi and Gimel. Shalata Melech Adam. It made Tzitkia, and we just jumped forward to the last Melech. This is all Baderach Nevuah. And Tzitkia, who, as we will explain further, is inherently a tzaddik, but maybe pretty immobile and not effective in terms of carrying out the Dvar Hashem through Yirmiya. He's given tremendous covet. As we have seen in the past, a conquering army and the conquering general and emperor here in Nebuchadnezzar will often want to keep the king and the system of the monarchs in place for self-serving purposes so he can collect taxes and run the country and not have to be more involved than he has to and use his manpower. And he'll select the king that he trusts the most to be able to watch the other kings for him. Which sounds to us a bit counterintuitive. Why should anybody trust anybody at war? But if you're going to trust anybody, it's a tzaddik like Tzitkiyo HaMelech. And Nebuchadnezzar does just that. And he appoints him as sort of like the governor over the five other kings, five other vassal states that are conquered together with Eretz Yisrael. And the list is here in the Pasuk. And we have the Melech of Edom and Mayav and Ammon. We should be very familiar with them from the Parsha. And Sur and Sidon, that's ancient Phoenicia, right near it to Saul. And therefore, not only are they familiar with the happenings in Yushalayim, but they're actually stationed, they are the representatives, have to be checking in with Tzitkiel Amela because he's uh, sort of the uh, unofficial ruler over them, all under Nebuchadnezzar. That's what Rashi says, Shasar Nebuchadnezzar, Shalut al-Hamisha Molochim. He trusted him and he made him swear that he's not going to rebel, which Tzitzkiel will violate with his heter, real or imagined. And that's going to cause many issues, as we'll see. You can imagine whatever Tzitzkiel is going to come up with for his heter, to rebel, and Nebuchadnezzar was a Russia Musha, Shane Kama. We, we refer to him as Nebuchadnezzar HaRosha, even though the Sukkim we're going to see now make him look very grandiose and as the Shliach of Hashem, which he was, but everybody's a Shliach of Hashem. The question is to do bad or good, to do evil, to destroy, as Nebuchadnezzar will. And the mood and the sentiment of the people clearly is that we're not interested in cooperating with Nebuchadnezzar, we're interested in having our nationalism and standing up to him and which it certainly will become and Tzitzkiel is stuck in the middle trying to listen to Yirmiyo who he knows the God of Adar and the Navi Adar and the only Navi Am is walking around and most of the people who want something very different and that's going to be the backdrop over here Pasuk Dalib firstly Pasuk will give you the Nevoah the Extent to the power of Nebuchadnezzar and the obligation to listen to him. Pasuk Dalla, but Sivisa, page seven. El Adonayim Leimar Kayamar Shen Tzvokas Lokei Yisrael Kay Saimu El Adonayim. Following message: Everybody should internalize everybody else in the world regarding Nebuchadnezzar. Anochi Asisius Aretz as Adam as Beima Asher Pnei Aretz Bekechi Agadol B'Zoya Natuya. Sounds like the first Rashi embraces. I created the world. I'm giving it 
the land, the power, the dominion to whomever I see fit at a particular time, and each tkufa is different. Sati l'asha yosha b'enai, v'ata anoichin asati es kol ha'aretzei se'ila b'yad, nevuchanetzer melabavol avdi. Key word is avdi, something nevuchanetzer will forget, conveniently. You could say if he does it within measure, he's the shliach of Hashem to punish the Yidin and destroy the Beis HaMittish. That's the same issue with the Mitzrayim and their Bechira. There are many answers over there that have to be the Mitzrayim. It said, we're going to be foreigners, Be'eris Lolehem. didn't have to be Mitzrayim necessarily. It's one terrorist. Or it was going to be a Mitzrayim. didn't have to do it with such reasons, alacrity, joy, and cruelty. It wasn't necessary. And Nebuchadnezzar is going to fall into the same trap. It's going to go to his head, and it's going to become hatred and power, violence, l'shem, those terrible midas, not because he's the shliach Hashem coming to punish the Yidin. And it's a very difficult balance, something that was within Nebuchadnezzar's reach, and he doesn't do it very well. But right now, Pus is describing that he's the man in charge. Take a look at Rashi first on the previous page. Go back to page 7. <clears throat> Page six, actually. Uh, the bottom Rashi. Melech Edom Melyov Amon Elach Hamishim Melachim Nasan Nebuchadnezzar Tachas Yada Shel Tzitkio. And there's a tremendous covenant recognition of Tzitkio's godless and the godless and the covenant of Achaz Beis David and Mamela of the Amonifcher and of Akash Baruchos. And Nebuchadnezzar, when he started off sort of did it right and understood that he was a shliach. Went downhill from there. Rashi says, Chamesh Esreishana Hayu Al-Tzavaro. Mishana Achas, the bottom Rashi, Lo Yayakim Ad HaShana Haraviyas HaTzitkiyo, Sheshavim Emenu Chananya Ben Azar. Chananya Ben Azar is a Novi Sheker, who is not only a Novi Sheker, but a very... And he's going to challenge the Naviyada, the Gadladar, Yirmiya, and claim that Yirmiya is not telling the truth because how could he be saying the truth? Well, he's the only one speaking the MS, but nobody else is saying that. It must be you're wrong. Well, sometimes in life, there are a lot of uh, yes men and a lot of people who just say the story, the narrative that people want to hear, and the person stands up and says, What's well, right? gets into a fight, and uh, he physically came over, basically assaulted him, and broke the yoke that he's walking around 15 years off of him. So he was wearing it until Hananya ben Azar will uh, physically take it off. And he was trying to help visualize and show a dogma of his nevuah, which was made up, that Hashem is going to break the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar and save the Jewish people. Halavai, and Yemiya will say halavai, but not happening. Doesn't so, uh, right at the, the, the thing on his neck in the first place, if, if that's what uh, it was, was trying to make as the image that he breaks it and then shows it breaking the yoke. You mean he did him a favor by putting it on so Hananya can break it? I mean, why, no, no. If people are looking at it, so he's substantiating his own nubuah, fake nubuah. So the question is, why did he put it on in the first place? Put it on as he wore it for 15 years, trying to reach the people who are willing to listen. That's your meal. That's on his husband, but on Hanani's didn't put it on. It like no, he didn't put it on. He, oh, he you're asking. You ask a Kasha Hanani was trying to, what he held deep down, who knows, 
whether he knew the truth deep down, if that's what you're asking, he was facing Yirmiyah and told him to his face that you're lying and I'm telling the truth. And there are many, many others on Hananiah's side who were willing to say that. He was just more violent and he was willing to smash it to prove his point. He's not the only one. It gets worse from here because there are people who will physically accost Yirmiyah many times and try to kill him. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're appointed by another another, you don't even need that. If you want to be, not you, the person wants to be blind to the MS because he doesn't want to hear it because of his gaiva or it's too painful, whatever the case may be, that's still a tremendous chisarin, an impediment to growth. Over here, it's downright dangerous because we'll see in the next copy, Yermia is going to try to tell Tzitkia, who already was a good person, that it's really pretty far gone and it's going to be a korban, but this is how to do it, that you survive and you can pick up the pieces in a safer, quicker way. That already is a, still Bechira within a very different circumstance. Here in the Tami Yayakim, there was still a chance to do tshuva and avoid the korban. So yes, they, there were plenty of people who wanted to avoid it and do tshuva. It wasn't enough. Whatever critical mass in Shemaim, it wasn't there. There were always good people in Klayiso. And then there were people who were, probably many people in the middle. And then they saw this Hananya fellow. So being a false Navi is not only dangerous because you're a Navi Sheker and it's a Chiyamisa, it's also dangerous because you're Chetya Machti Sarab and you're swaying the people. And it's easier in life. You will bump at the people, I hope you haven't yet, you will bump at the people who take the easier way out in their Avedis Hashem. That's the way it is. There are people who, this morning, I hope not, I hope we don't know any of them, the people who might get up at 11 o'clock. Ah, there's Kriya Shema, Tefillah, Seder, learning, Shir. It's easier to get up at 11. Why would you want to do that? That's clearly wrong. You can't get up at 11 if you're a male of the Jewish race. That's not an option. Just not. Nothing to discuss. But there might be people doing that. I'm not insinuating you know any. Don't get me wrong. I assume you keep good friends. But why, how can that happen? Somebody deep down knows the MS. He knows it says in Shulchan Aruch. He knows you have to learn. But when you're sleeping, it's like in terms of Kenyanim, the muhsuk is that you're sleeping. You have to now change the matzah and get up. Here they're in a rut. That's an understatement to change the matzav and start doing serious, serious tshuva. This is not a one slach It's easier to ignore the obvious and to say the fellow walking around with the yoke is not really from our camp and not dealing with reality, and we're right. When you're in this year learning the Navi and the Navi's Yirmiya, then you're wondering as you're asking, how can they do that? But it's a good kasha. Just saying the same way somebody could sleep till 11 o'clock and miss uh, Kriya Shema, Tila, learning. And that's uh, many derises before he even got out of bed. And it can go downhill from there. But it's convenient. So whenever you do something, there was a, there was a gadol who once was in a matzah. He had to make a decision whether to go somewhere. It was difficult. Travel was difficult, but it was for a Tavar Mitzvah. I didn't know whether to stay here, and he was learning there. And, so he got dressed and got everything all ready and stood by the door. And then he started thinking about making a decision. And they asked him, why'd you have to do that? It took 20 minutes to get ready. He said, if I don't get ready, 
the scale is tilted in the other direction, I can't make an honest decision. Because besides the fact the decision is pretty close, that he was struggling to make a decision, I also know that if the decision is to go, I got to now get dressed, get, get everything on, and, and pack, and that's not a fair. So if you have a discussion with the Yitzhahara whenever you're in bed sleeping or half awake, first sit up and have a coffee. Then you could discuss whether you should be going back to sleep. I told that to somebody once. I said, well, if I have a coffee, it's going to be too much the other way. I said, I don't think it's a problem. <laughs> you could probably still get back into bed. But you have to have an even playing field. So over here, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, Yermio was up against a lot. There will be Yechidim, Yechideskulo, who will still step in and save him, but it's going to be a very close call. Pasik Vav and Rashi, Avdi, Vilchanetza here, and Vilchanetza, Rashi is called Eved Hashem. Avdi, why? Rashi says, Rashi is sort of answering the Kasha. Shiyase Ritsaini Lipara Misenai. He's going to be my messenger to inflict the punishment on those that aren't doing the right thing. And in that sense, he's the Evid. Whether he does the job well or he does it for self-serving purposes is going to be his Ruchni issue. Pasuk Zion. Not just for the Jews here. It's for the Jews that he got such power and Hashem always dresses things up at their chatevas. You have an emperor who's conquering it. It's strong. Conquering Yushalayim. It's where the base of Mitzvah. He's going to be an emperor who's conquering everybody else also. So, Mamela, the Nevoah here has said to the world that he's taking over and he's going to have it. He's going to keep it. His son's going to keep it. His grandson's going to keep it. And then, like many Rishayim who still have Bechiri, even though they're sent to Shlichim, uh, he's going to do himself in and lose the entire empire. Nothing is forever if they're not doing the right thing. The um, birthday that the country just had recently, July 4th, one of the few holidays that is in Chukosayim Lo Selecho. So, 200 and change uh, is a long time. Sounds like a young birthday. It's a long time historically. The reason I say that is because emperors come and go and Empires come and go, and if they're not doing the right thing in terms of their shlichus v'kosh baruch and klapet yidin, they will ultimately disappear. Uh, Two hundred years, okay. The Romans were for longer. It depends how you count them. The Roman Empire was falling apart for a long time and being built for a long time, and shaila how you measure it. But in terms of uh, countries and in terms of countries that are stable before there's another revolution. 200 years, Baruch Hashem, is a long time, and part of the reason, a big part of the reason behind that is because as a democracy, by definition, they're doing less things wrong. There's less violence, Baruch Hashem, and uh, less Geneva. I didn't say no violence and no Geneva. But there's built in, with social programs certainly, in the last almost 100 years, there's more built in of Chesed, whether Lashma, Shalad Lashma. There are more things going for it that it should remain stable, and primarily, as Chaim Velazhner said in his Ruch HaKedosh, that it'll be the last place for Terry Yidin to be before the Gula Shlema. That is something that bodes well for a government that's here serving a purpose. And that's one of the reasons to celebrate. It doesn't mean you have to shoot firecrackers. I had many shadows about that. I said, if you want to buy them, they're a little dangerous. They just became legal. Uh, you know, if all things are equal, why don't you fire them in your backyard on the 5th? or the 6th, 
same fun, if you call that fun. You can just really not buy any of them and watch it from your window here. It's quite a, quite a show. And that being Mishtatev is certainly, I think the whole thing hopefully is mutter. It's an expression of uh, Simcha, as we discussed in the Chukah Sam Shir. When things involve Menhagim, quote-unquote, customs of Gaim and fire, I get nervous because fire usually has something to do with the Abadazar, and it comes from the Chinese who are all of the Abadazar. With that said, it's probably still mutter, but all things are equal. It's mutter, but if you want to do it in the fifth, it's the same thing. There's no chalois on the fourth that you have to be mishtate that you can watch. But the day itself is, for two minutes of reflection a week later, it certainly fits into this. Hashem gave a group of people, dominion, very strong power. You say they're not the same superpower they are, they are, they aren't. Uh, nobody else seems to know how to put destroyers in the Middle East as quickly and deploy. So, Lamaisa, there's still plenty of power there, and that dominion is given for the Amanifcher, and that dominion is given also. We see that the Umasailam are part of the Navu also if they're doing the right thing, and the more they do it, the more they stay around. That's the rule in Navi. In general, so 200 years is a nice amount of time. Hopefully, they'll stay stable for as long as we need it, and hopefully, we won't need it that long. After that, we're also interested that it be stay stable. If the people are good enough to survive Mohammed's Gogamogog on the other side, then fine. That means they're they're good people, and the world will be running according to the Sak as usual. But the industry will be run by them, and we'll be sitting and learning. So, how you envision Wall Street without the Eden? Good kasha. You envision the diamond district that the end, not good kasha, the shmata biz. Okay, we'll have to redo things, but uh, they'll figure it out. Kinda, so somebody must be able to do it. So that's the context of this. You're wondering why we're giving such a description about the Umasailam. People are tied in. Pasik Zion again. Till such time that his land and his kingdom will be destroyed. Bayezaitza means the time that they're going to give it over to somebody else. And until then, they're in charge. Rashi says, in Zion, as Benoi, the Meredach, who is actually pretty nice compared to Nebuchadnezzar. We'll see why later. Ben Benoi Belshazzar, you remember him, as in the writing on the wall, and he's the one who's going to lose it. Ad boy ace artsai, Rashi says, she avoyu. Nobody Rashi, but Rashi goes on to say, she avoyu, the time when they deserve to be destroyed. And interestingly enough, Ivo Meredach, we know not that much about, is going to do the one good thing of the three Darius of Malucha, and he's going to respect Tikkio, is still going to be alive for the time he takes over. And they all recognize on some level the godless of Klai Yisrael and of Malchi Yisrael. The question is, are they going to suppress it and perpetrate uh, tremendous uh, evil and atrocities and torture and uh, brutally take over, or are they going to do the job just to be a design? Again, it's a difficult balance. They were capable of doing it. Uh, for the most part, they're not going to do it very well. Uh, they don't make Rishon the way they used to. So, if you want to contrast, Nebuchadnezzar is called Nebuchadnezzar Russia, Hidli Yamachshamoy is up there, certainly, if not the worst, and he didn't have any nevuahs concerning him. He's part of history, but he didn't think he's a Shliach Hashem to, uh, uh, if you ask him, 
uh, he would probably friend for, and you didn't have to ask him. He wrote a book on it, explaining why he's trying to help out the world and rid the world of all the parasites and all the horrible people. But it's, even though everybody in Europe was a somewhat religious, Yaakov, did he ever write that this is a divine command? He did? Oh, okay, oh, I figured oh. that was coming, but, uh, but he never, the Nupsuk in supporting that, obviously. Uh, yet he was a shliach of Hashem. Karsh Baruch Hu was running the world at every point in time since Bereshit Bara, and even though it's very hidden, but Karsh Baruch Hu was still directing what was going on. So he was, in a way, there's no schar there whatsoever, and he didn't have any children that showed any, any respect, and neither did he, understandably so, and that's why it goes down history as one of the biggest Rosham ever to walk the face of the earth. But yeah, it wouldn't surprise me that he, he laid out his plan that he's helping the world, so to speak, and it doesn't surprise me that he probably threw something religious in, because then Europe, you had to say something. Today in America, if that would happen, they wouldn't have to say anything religious. But in Europe, they did. Didn't help him at all, and ultimately it's not going to help Nebuchadnezzar. It's just interesting, his son did one nice thing, and we don't have any bad rap on him in particular. Yeah? I believe uh, Hitler wrote in his Mein Kampf that the, and a lot of Germans at the time felt that way, that the Jews they hated the most are the ones trying to be the Germans. And, they're trying and to that makes sense culture. based on our Hashgalfa Sachayim. I mentioned a few weeks ago, uh, mentioned it again because you know, the, the Holocaust and the recent Churban uh, is always something discussed and focused on during the three weeks, which rightfully so. It's the freshest wound. There were Yidden, Heilige Yidden, uh, during the Holocaust, who, when they came and they dafka um, served food on Yom Kippur and served chametz on Pesach and cut off payas, there were Yidden who their gut reaction was they have to fight this, even if not trying to kill them right now, but they have to fight it because that makes it Gezei Rishmad. And Mamele, Tzihar no matter what they're doing. And the sentiment is certainly understood. It looked like that. And it's not a tain anybody, and anybody who was killed, who would have been killed anyway, and they're all Kadeshim. In that regard, that's not the uh, debate on them. It's just the, the point in Lumdis of what was it if somebody would have asked the Shaila. It's a little hard to know this during the time, but we have enough evidence afterwards that Sternbach says it's preferish and Achuva. I've seen it elsewhere as well. It was not really labeled as a Shas Hashmad. It was a very pure secular anti-Semitism in terms of what the government wanted, what the regime wanted from the top down, and Raila Dover is they couldn't care less whether somebody was from, not from, whether he claimed he was Christian, whether he claimed as a mistake and his grandfather was baptized, which was sometimes the case. They really didn't care. And if you were Jew according to their definition, then you were marked for annihilation, Rahman Litzlan. The fact that we have many stories that the soldiers on the ground, and certainly the peasants and Ukrainians and all the other cohorts, took special joy in torturing from people, Jews who look like Jews more, is because anti-Semitism was taken into the mother's milk, and that's what they knew how to do, which is why he had so much cooperation. But the Shasa Shmad was created by what was the rule, what were they trying to accomplish. They would say, and actually did, the exact opposite. They don't care whether you're doing tshuva, you're going the other direction, you're claiming you're Jewish, you're not Jewish, you're religious, you're not religious. And whenever the Gemara, the Hedron says, whenever it's Hano for the guy, Hano is Atzma, he wants a person to Mechal Shabbos, he likes Chont, not because he wants to be Mechal Shabbos. He couldn't care less. He figured out how to do with the Shinoi and it said now a Dindar Abana and you're not being Mechal Shabbos. They just want that chont. So part of their joy was regular anti-Semitism that they enjoyed watching people suffer and they knew a from person would suffer more if you're asking them to do an Avera. You force them to do an Avera. That's under, Sternbach says, Hanas Atzma. And therefore, that's classic 
not Shasashma, that's an Az Asma, therefore that didn't make it Yahar Vayam. Interestingly enough. So those who didn't know that, that the average person couldn't possibly know that at the time because we know that with the historical backdrop and understanding what happened during that Kufa, when you're in it, they didn't know what was happening at the time. So that was hard to figure out, but that wouldn't make it Shah Sashman. And the fact what you're saying is, makes sense, we know that part of the issue was uh, we have many, many... Before Shema says, before the Holocaust, the more you try to be like them, the more they're going to move over and try to separate and the fact that that statement was made uh, is not surprising. Because even though the regular anti-Semitism was going to be directed at the most obvious mode of Yiddishkeit, which is from Jews, otherwise how do you identify them? So that's going to be directed at that, that Yid. But what made them uncomfortable is, you want to be Jewish, you want to stay here, we'll let you stay begrudgingly, and we don't like you, and we'll pass laws against you. But if you want to become doctors and lawyers, and you want to pretend you're more German than Germans, that's really going to bother us. And that's what he wrote. So that's not, that's not surprising, unfortunately. Let's continue in the Pasuk. Pasuk Ches. Yes. When you do reach the level of Shasa Shmad, what does that Shmad already changes all the dinims. You don't need um, a situation where it's a Dindaraisa or a Dindarabon. It could be even a minute they're asking you to change shoelaces. Any who it basically we take a stand that we're not bending on anything, even something that would have been Mutarapidin, because of the Shah Sashmad, we have to make sure that we're still here and passing on the Messiah and we'll do things that are dangerous and willing to get killed for because they're pushing the agenda, we have to push back even more. But it wasn't Shah Sashmad. Yahweh Yahweh is three different uh, three different things. There's doing an Avera Darais when he's doing it to make you do the Avera in front of ten people, or if ten people find out about it or know about it at the time like Esther, even though there weren't 10 people there, but they knew what was going on in general. And that's why the Gemara asks, why wasn't Yehavayav, Eshashish, and Kaka'ilam, and why did ask Gilead Arias, and not general Yehavayav, uh, that's that whole sugi there. And then there's Gimel Avayas Chamaris, which even in private, Gilead And then the Shas Hashmad, where it doesn't have to be the Raisa, it can be a mini, it can be anything that represents Yiddishkeit, and then it's Aser. So the Holocaust looked from the pictures you see when they dafka went out of the way to torture from people looked like Shah Sashmad. And that was coming from the fact that the rank and file understood you want to show anti-Semitism, you have to show it to somebody who looks more Jewish. So that was being done a lot, but that was for their own hanah. That wasn't necessarily to make them believe in the religion. The right is because if you say I'm not doing it, Shalom, and I'm fry, and my, my, my grandfather was a, a Meshumet already, it didn't help. So uh, you can't push back because they're not interested in taking that answer. They're not going to not send them to the concentration camp because of that. And that's why, technically, it wasn't Shah Sashmad. Pazuches. And now the warning. The Vuchanetz is completely in charge, total dominion, and if you don't cooperate, if you don't put your neck out for him, and you don't accept the yoke. Anybody doesn't accept, anybody rebels. Kosh Baruch warns them, they will ultimately be put to the sword, to famine. Until they're destroyed. Now, you'd never promise not to be totally destroyed, but the Chorban comes close. And now the warning turns to the Yidden, your question, there are many people out there 
saying that don't worry, we'll be saved, and Ruchanes is not going to get away with this, and we're Klai Yisrael, and he's not going to conquer us. And they all were making it up. People walking around saying that they looked at the crystal ball and they had dreams, using all sorts of nichush, which didn't work anyway and was also to use. And they're all claiming, except for Yirmiya, they're all claiming, no. We found out either by the vur, which was false, or by the crystal balls, and all the other Yisurim the races. We had nichush in every other form in this pasuk, and it all was not true. Ki sheker heim nivim lachem l'man harchik eschem me'alad maschem v'idachti eschem b'avadem. The only result you're going to have is being sent into exile, and it's going to be harsher, and it's going to be for longer. And there's an easier way to do this. You can still avoid it. It's the time of yoyakim, or if you have to go. Do it in a way where you're showing you're submissive and that'll lighten the punishment. Keep this pasuk in mind because here it's the Beferish already before the Chorban. If you cooperate even after the Chorban comes, you'll be left in Eitz Yisrael and you'll be able to stay, which is a tremendous maila, and you'll be a subject and it'll be hard, taxes will be high, but. Nebuchadnezzar, like any emperor, is not interested in killing everybody because he wants revenue. And to like taxes, he needs farmers, which is why he left some people there even after the Chorban. And even that's not going to work. They're going to kill Gedalia, and the rest is going to leave. So, Pasuk is saying, be smart and know how to handle the Einish. Yudbeiz, ve'el tzitkiel melch yudza dibarti. It's all part of the Nebuchadnezzar of what's coming. We're going to have in the next copy the Nebuchadnezzar in real time of the discussion with tzitkiel years later. At such point, when the Chorban is coming, give up and surrender. And Yermia will beg Tzitkio to do that. Tzitkio, deep down, wants to do it. He's not going to be able to. And his pitch, so to speak, He has supreme power. This is a war you're not going to win. How do I know? Hashem said so. Hashem gave him the power. No one's invincible, but when Hashem says he's supposed to be in charge, you're going to be in charge or remain in charge. They're all lying. And it's all a test. And you're failing. And even if you fail to the point the Corbin's coming, at least make the punishment and make the horror a little bit slightly easier. And more people will survive, which is a big thing, even if it's a Corbin happened. We know that because the recent Holocaust, at such a point in time, everybody found out about it. They realize it's happening and it's not going to be fixed up tomorrow. So save whoever you could save. And that's going to be the argument of Yermia later on in the second copy, which I'm Shem will get to in two weeks. Let's go to the Peleates. If you look, the copy's here. If you look on page Reish Lamadalid. They have what they need. Page Reish Lama Dalid, we were 
in the middle of Chaser, which we began yesterday. Chaser, Pelias points out that everybody has Chasernas, everybody has Milos, and you have to work with everyone else, and you got to focus primarily on yourself, which is harder to do, except Musa when it's given, except the truth when it's given, we just learned about in Yirmiya, and be able to give Musa and care about people in the proper way when you can. Second paragraph, third paragraph in the page, Lufi. And if a person is not smart enough to listen and to search for the truth, that's the biggest chisarim, because you can't grow and you can't change if you don't have the intellectual awareness that you need to change. You could be kind of whatever gashmias, money, power, covered you want if you don't have das and know how to apply it, know what you're doing here. You haven't been kind of anything. People always give themselves a pass. And they always look very yasha in their own eyes and they like turning the lens on everybody else. And if a person is always right in their eyes, then a fool has more hope. Can't rely on your own And if you have true friends who are trying to tell you what you should be doing and where the chesrenes are, real das is being able to open up your mind and listen. Somebody asked yesterday, does that apply to spouses? The answer is technically yes, nobody does but you better than your spouse. In practice, it's not always the best idea. Uh, just got to be careful because there's extra sensitivities there and it might not be heard. So if the spouse notices something that is really an issue, sometimes the best way to do it is to let somebody else know who they might listen to in a quicker way because that defense mechanism doesn't go up. And people pat themselves on the back and they say, well... I have chesernes, perhaps, but I'm not as bad as the other ones. There are people who are worse. So in life, you have to look up, not down, which will spell out. And it's not a good way to be menachim yourself. There are many people who are doing not as well as I am. person always drops back to the monetary Mishalim. Did you ever see a person who's offered a thousand Zahufim, golden Zahufim? And the person answers, Vayamar Aini writes Allah sir, do me a favor, I only want ten, I don't need a hundred. Dayani Shaini Kachem Shainlamachamisha, I many friends only have five. So what I need a hundred for. Makes sense. Did you ever see anybody do that? Of course not. Because the fact that somebody has five doesn't help me if I know people have 150. So a hundred is not enough. So in Gashmias, we're always looking up, and Ruchni is trying to console ourselves by looking down. Do we say, well, yes, I deserve ten makas, but I'm not as bad as the other guys who are getting a hundred or a thousand. If you bump it to somebody who talks like this, you would label him as a shaita. 
Chazal tells the exact opposite. If you have what you need and you keep looking up, you'll never be satisfied. And there's always somebody who has more, more covered, more money, whatever you're looking for. And if you look down, you'll see that the people have less and it helps you be some As Rabbi Kiva told his wife, not B'derech Musar, B'derech Chizuk, as poor as we are and we're sleeping on hay, Eliyahu Anavi comes and knocks on the door as a poor man. My wife just had a baby and we're so poor we don't even have hay. Can you spare some? And Eliyahu Anavi was sent, powerful lesson, to show you that there's always an achama that people have less, and Elio was sent even to Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Kiva and his great Rebetzin were starting off, and it was difficult. For years and years they pushed, and she was a princess, literally, who was born with a silver spoon in her mouth. And she's living like this. So she did it flawlessly and created Rabbi Kiva, but everybody needs chizik. And what he's going to discuss, which we'll get to next time, is a concise list of G'dayli Elam Tzadikim who had their peckle and dealt with uh, very, very challenging circumstances and that not only didn't prevent their growth, but it made them into bigger people. Mitzvah Shem will continue.